90% of all scientists that have ever been alive are alive today. That's a lot of information, but don't panic. It's not an exact science. Hey, Shannon, how are you? I'm here in 2024. How are you it doing? Is. <laughs> I'm doing very well, and the, the rumors of our deaths have been greatly exaggerated. <laughs> oh, so true. Um, yeah, so apparently we do this thing together every week called a podcast. Yeah. It's time so, to get back to it, right? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm... I'm going to call it the podcast sabbatical, <laughs> as you have been on sabbatical. Uh, uh, I have. I have. But and... I, I, I want to make sure the blame is equally shared between both of us, though. <laughs> oh, oh, no, no. It is the podcast sabbatical. So, yes, you you went on sabbatical. I have been doing a lot of traveling. Yeah. I'm surprised you're even in the country right now. And it... It was an unplanned break, but now we're back, and we actually have a plan on how to future-proof <laughs> a little bit. You so know? when something does come up, because there were, I mean, how many times did we try to record something in, I don't know, probably October or so, and one of us would call the other and say, hey, do you want to do this? And we go, oh, yeah, but I'm <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> that is so true. Um, I will say that I think that my microphone has been traveled more places than <laughs> than it ever has before and not been used, you know, because we always plan right. to do that stuff, right? Um, we're usually really good at communication, so it's very interesting that we broke down. And it's funny to me that we have had, I don't know how many major life events and have never missed this many podcasts in a row. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like marriages and children and everything else. But you know, we're we're entering our ninth anniversary. That's crazy. Isn't it? And so I'm sorry for the fact that we've missed, you know, a couple months here. Um, but thank you to anyone who is still sticking around. And we hope that in nine years, this <laughs> will be forgiven as like <laughs> the longest break that we've taken. <laughs> right. And like I said, we do have a plan on how to kind of move, move forward now. And I actually, yeah, I hadn't really thought about it being nine years. We need to do a 10 year party. <laughs> yeah. Next year. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I just looked because I wasn't sure the exact air date. So January 16th, 2015 was our episode zero. Wow. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. You know, I, I tell people this and it's, they're like, oh, that's cool. So you did it for a while or you do it a month. And I'm like, no, it's weekly. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just like when I started my job right around that same time. And I thought, how am I going to come up with research ideas, right? I feel the same way about the podcast in terms of we thought, will we still have anything to talk about? And it's like our to-do list is still massively long. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like, I don't think, I don't think we could ever run out. So I guess as long as, you know, we're still speaking. And even if we weren't, we'd probably still do it. <laughs> right. 
because we're professionals. (laughs) Well, and this was one of the longest stretches of time where you and I just didn't get to talk. Yes. And that was not great for either one of us. No, it was not great. It was super weird. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, well, I guess we'll talk about what we're resolving to do differently in the future, right? Yeah, because... Honestly, other than my wife and immediate family, you're probably the one I spend the most time talking to. Uh, that is likewise, yes. And <laughs> uh-huh, I could say stuff about how, like, I'd definitely rather be talking to you than my kids a lot of the time because, yeah, I don't want to hear anything else about Minecraft or Barbies. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see what we can do for that. Okay, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, is we thought, well, it's a new year. We're going to start out with our... We're actually recording this on January 1st. Yay. And uh, so we're going to start out by saying, one, we're back. Yay. <laughs> and uh, two, do the traditional New Year's show that we've done for eight New Year's now. Eight years. Yeah, exactly. Of how did last year go for us? What are we going to do differently this year? And we'd love to hear from you uh, as well. So the the uh, podcast email address is going to be changing, so you're going to have to stay tuned for an update <gasps> oh, no. about that. <laughs> uh, the old one, if you've sent anything to it recently, it's not going to be found. Uh, oh, no. Daryl, if you're hearing this. <laughs> so the spam bots have somehow latched on to that address and... Last oh. time I tried to sift through it, we were getting over a thousand spam messages a day. Maybe they were true fans. No, <laughs> no, no. These were mostly wanting us to import medical equipment from Russia. <laughs> okay, we're not in that business yet. <laughs> yes, so uh, we're going to have to do a change on that, but that's okay. Okay, great. Well, new year, new podcast, I guess. <laughs> right. Uh, so. Let's let's look at last year's resolutions. And last year we really cut down a lot. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to say that I'm going to have to do my first one first. Or I'm going to have to go first because this is directly related. We certainly did cut down a lot last year. Um, I was so pleasantly surprised to find my list of 2023 resolutions right here on my desk next to the recording equipment. So... Way to go, 2023 Shannon, <laughs> for nice. making that easily accessible. But are you ready? Are you ready to start, or are we going to review last year first? Um, let's just dive in. Okay. So like you said, we kind of pared down. I only have like three written down here from last year. But this year, I'm going the other way in terms of I am going to, this is going to be my year of yes. Oh, that's different. I know. I know. And unfortunately, I just thought about it maybe a couple of hours ago, but I've been mulling it over. This all goes into sabbatical and all that jazz. So a couple of years ago, this wasn't last year, I had, I was going to say no to everything you remember. And then this last year, you know, we definitely had a a pared down list. But I think that this year I'm going to say yes to as many opportunities as I can. Okay. So you're saying yes to opportunities, but not saying yes to doing everything. 
Correct. Correct. I mean, there's only so many hours in the day, right? Um, but I think, you know, there's a whole lot of stuff that goes around about only do things that are a heck yes, you know, don't do anything that you are on the fence about. That means it's a hard no. But I saw this, um, I saw a talk over my sabbatical and it was about, it was about diversity in the geosciences. But the woman that was doing the talk, I wound up asking this question and saying, okay, well, all this is great. Um, you know, she was this African-American, she was a professor, not a professor now, I think she works as a, you know, administrative leadership position now. So, you know, Dr. Jane, I don't, what do you say when it's like, well, all of these opportunities fall to women and minorities and they get overloaded and what do you say to that? You know, how are we supposed to keep doing this? And she said, you know what, you just do it. That's it. Like, <laughs> I expected her to say, you know, some of the same jargon you always hear about self-care and all this jazz. And she was like, you just do the work, just do the work. And I've thought about okay. it a lot. Yeah. And so I think I'm just going to, yeah, I'm going to say yes to a lot more opportunities, things that I probably would have said no to, things that I probably would have been like guarding my time and all that jazz. Yeah. I'm going to open myself up for different stuff this year. All right. Mm -hmm. I may regret this. <laughs> we, we may. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So... <laughs> Hmm, okay, yeah. So that's definitely different than we've talked about in past years. And right. it's not antithetical to any of your last year resolutions. No, no, it's definitely antithetical to the no year, which was a couple of years ago. But I actually think it came from last year's resolutions, which one of mine was about going on a digital cleanse, like getting all getting my house in order, essentially. And so, so this is one of my 2023 resolutions to review, is that I did that. I went through and I organized, well, I actually started to organize a bunch of stuff digitally. And then I thought, I don't need any of this. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> I don't need this stuff. I don't need it on my computer. I'm never going to look at it. it. It's things that have accumulated over all the years of digital life. You know, when someone taught an intro class and they're like, hey, here's all my notes and figures and all this jazz. I don't need that stuff anymore, you know. Um, I've taught intro. Everything's online. You can get it again. You don't need to keep it. And so with this digital cleanse came zero inboxing. And I that hasn't been too long, maybe the past like three months. And I'm not great at it yet, but I definitely consider it a win for my 2023 resolutions. So, but that's also the thing of instead of just letting this stuff sit in inboxes or ignoring it, I guess, this is where my, like, I'm going to take opportunities or I'm just going to get rid of them, you know? Like, I'm going to process this stuff. It's not going to sit around and, and get lost in an email box. So that's kind of where that, came, that idea came from, too. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. That's a pretty heavy one. It so. was, right? I know. And I went straight for it. But I got really excited about it as I was rewriting this and like 
looking at my 2023 because I was like, that's something I did. Like, I actually did that. It was so hard. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you're constantly like, just archive it. And I was like, no, I have to sit every single thing into its own folder. And an agonizing two weeks into that, I said, no, he's right. I'm just going to archive it. Right. So, and it's exactly right. Anytime I search it, it all comes up exactly like I need it. So yeah, I've, my sabbatical did this to me. I did so much thinking, just sitting and thinking. And so we'll see if it served me well or not. Check right. in, check in with me in May. Oh, we will. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. So I think the one that I'll, I'll start out with for this year is to do more of a to to have a shutdown routine. Okay. Uh like Which, to recharge your batteries cuz you're a robot or <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Um <laughs> So this is something that comes from a book that we actually talked about off microphone and I said I actually really despised this book. <laughs> Funny enough, you had read it about the same time. Oh, yeah. Even though we weren't talking. I know. We're going to get back to this, too, but that's okay. Go ahead. And and, and we'll come back to the book. Uh, so we'll we'll leave that hanging so you guys can figure out what book we accidentally read together without coordinating it. And Shannon liked and I despised. Yep. But one of the nuggets I got out of it was to, you know, use your use your brain, you do your work to the full capacity for as long as you need to do to do the job. But once you say, I'm done for today, stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really, really guilty, especially in the last year, of I'll work all day and then eat dinner and then sit at my dining room table and work until bedtime. Right. Not saying that... I'm not ever going to work at home. That's not the idea. Correct. The idea is once you say, I am satisfied with what I did today, you stop. Mm -hmm. And you have to say that at some point. Correct. Because as is pointed out in the book, but also just as you know, your productivity and your ability to truly work well goes down the more you work on it. So sometimes you just have to call it. Right. And I, like I said, it doesn't mean I'm never going to sit here and do some work at home. Uh, but it does mean that once I decide, yeah, I'm, I'm done. And that was part of my stress last year was I never, you know, I was like, oh, well, man, I, I should have got more done today. I should have got more done today. Well, at some point you have to say, this is the amount I was going to get done today. It's fine. Exactly. Yes. It, that is exactly right. I often thought that I didn't want to go into academia, and this was back when I was a master's student, deciding whether to go for my PhD or not. I didn't want to go to academia because I felt like when you're in school, you were always in school, like you couldn't turn your brain off. And I felt like if I was in industry, when I went home, I'd be home, and that was it. And it turns out just that's not true. (laughs) No. It's not true at all, but you can work to make it, true by doing those sort of things like okay I did what I could do today and I think yeah I think that's something that you have to make that call like what's what is that thing that 
where's the line of like, I did enough work today. Um, but then you can enjoy the time off, even if it's just the evening without feeling guilty because you've told yourself, I did what I was going to do. Is there a billion other things to do? Yeah, but I'm done for today. Right, because your list is like mine. There's always a billion more things. Yeah, exactly. On it. And that was honestly driving me nuts. Like there was crushing Catholic-esque guilt. <laughs> We've been friends too long, obviously. <laughs> yep. Of, you know, I just didn't, I didn't work hard enough today. And it's like, well, you know, he, he only worked from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. with <laughs> two hours for eating and going to the bathroom in between. Yeah, exactly. Was that last year that you had the resolution to take a day off or a weekend off every quarter? Yes, it was. And that's where (laughs) this one comes from. (laughs) I thought about that a lot as we never talked. And I was like, I don't think he's going to make that resolution. (laughs) You know, I came a lot closer than you might think. Ooh, three quarters? No, two quarters. Two quarters. Yeah. And depends on what you decide define as vacation. <laughs> if you oh. define vacation in the way that I intended it to be, of like, we left town. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean we went to some exotic place. It means we physically drove out of our city limits and did something. Yes, correct. Uh, then I probably could say, yeah. Nice. But, or something not business related. We got to put that caveat on there, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did take several trips, including one in October, which was great because it did have a business element. I went and met with the folks up at Geoprobe Industries in Salina, Kansas, Mm -hmm. and then spent the next two and a half days visiting family and enjoying just vacation. Yeah, see, totally counts. Yep, and so like that was a great trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there have been some things like that that we that we've done. So I'll call that one uh, a partial success, and it has inspired this year's of implement a shutdown routine and follow it. Uh, because saying, I mean, if you think about it, if you say I'm only not going to work and actually take a vacation four weekends a year, that's kind of a mental thing to say. <laughs> it, yes, yes, that is true. <laughs> Uh, so this is not necessarily like plan on vacations, but just plan on planned downtime. And I've already been doing this some for the past couple weeks. Um, and I've definitely noticed a increase in focus at work because I know I only have so much time to get these things done mm-hmm. and a decrease in stress level. Like I've actually been able to accomplish some home things that have been niggling for months to over a year. Nice. Now you can come work on my home things that. (laughs) Oh, I'm not done. It's going to lead to another one, but we'll get there. So what's next for you? Okay. So all of mine this year are kind of related. Um, I have another really big bomb to drop. I don't know if I do it now. Um, We'll do the fun one. So last year I said I was going to read 40 books. I read 60. Whoa. And only one of them was a small young adult book that was 150 pages was the shortest book I read. So 
And the longest was like 1,400. So in my record of your resolutions last year, mm-hmm. I just have read a lot. <laughs> I, I think um, 60 is a lot. And then, in parentheses, I have and use Goodreads. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so I've used Goodreads for like 10 years. So that's, I, I've always done that. And they're all on there if you want to go check them out. Um, I long since quit being embarrassed about what I read. Yeah, I read 60 books, more than a book a week. And it was amazing. My husband thought I was a fiend. <laughs> he, he said, I hope we never do this again. Um, my entire, what, okay, so my goal on this resolutions was 40 books. My goal on Goodreads, I'd put 50 books. I did 60. Oh, no, I did put 40. Yeah. Because um, I did 150% of my goal. So, yeah, the best thing about it was I beat my friend Lisa, <laughs> who was really coming up there. She got 56 books. Um, and we had a big fight about the fact that a bunch of the books that I read were audiobooks. And she said, well, I visually read all of my books. <laughs> and I said, what makes your hearing or my hearing worse than your eyeballs? Like, <laughs> I think so, we, we clarified that in the rules last year exactly. for the podcast. That audiobooks counted if they were unabridged. Unabridged. And I never read abridged audiobooks. Why would you do that? Why would you read an abridged book? Why does that stupid app called Blinkist exist to just whittle things down for you? Um, yeah, it was interesting because I had to make a very conscious effort. Like, I'm a big reader anyway, so it's nothing for me to read 30 books. That's not that big a deal. But I had to make a conscious effort to get this done. And I made a conscious effort, this was several years ago, in our one of our... Um, resolution show. I said I wanted to read more nonfiction. And so I made a conscious effort to read an awful lot of nonfiction this year as well. I dare say it's half and half. And there were a lot of weird self-help books. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I did a lot of, I mean, I think this went with the whole sabbatical. So I read a book called Burnout, which was awful. It was probably one of the worst books I read, but there are a few good nuggets within there um yeah this book that we both inadvertently read uh, i read a book called digital minimalism like all these sort of like work productivity ish books um plus a lot of really great fiction too so yeah 60 books more than a book a week that's impressive mm-hmm. that's very impressive I don't think I can do it again. We were driving back um, from our holiday visitations and I was driving and my friend called. So she was on the speaker phone, you know, and I asked her, I said, do you have like books that you're going to post on Goodreads at 1150 tonight? And I'm going to freak out because you're going to beat me. (laughs) And she was like, no, no, don't worry about it. You won. And she said, but I am going to beat you next year. (laughs) To which (laughs) my husband said, you just ruined my life. (laughs) Right. Okay, yeah, so I'll go with my reading one next then. Uh, This year, I'm going to hold this goal constant with the goal to beat it. Okay. So last year, I said read 24 books, and I did better than 24 books. Awesome. 
I'm just going to hold that. I'm going to put read 24 books. I'd like to read more, but with the other things, the other efforts I'm trying to do as well. Like, I don't want to be like, oh, I'm going to double this one and double this one. No. Let's just, let's say same thing. Yeah. I think that's a good Uh, call. And I, I do like reading. I am not as voracious of a reader as you are. And I have really fallen off the bandwagon on reading, as you said, with my eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, I, I certainly have to, like, quite a bit. That was part of my, like, conscious effort was to sit down and read a book. I mean, I read tons of stuff digitally, but, like, just to, like, read it instead of listen to it. Yeah. So I started in the last few weeks, because I normally get up early, and I've been trying to block out some time because you know, the days are really short right now. Mm-hmm. And to get to my shop, if I want to go in early to do things, I have to go down a road that has a pretty high risk of impacting a deer. Oh, okay. Yes. So I've been hanging around the house till a little later, till sunup before I leave. So over the last two and a half weeks or so, I've started saying, like, I am going to spend as long as it takes me to drink a cup of coffee in the morning reading with my eyeballs. Ooh. And sometimes that's, you know, five or ten minutes. Sometimes it's half an hour. But it doesn't matter what it is. It could be five minutes. Just something with my eyeballs every day. And that has actually plowed me through, like, three eyeball books in December. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. That's interesting. Okay, that's good. Um, and I'm also not getting, I used to get really attached to like, okay, oh, I started this book. Oh, this sucks. But I've already started it. Ah, yeah. And then I would slow me down because I didn't mm-hmm. want to read it. So I wouldn't read that much at a time. Uh, so no, I'm just cutting them loose if I don't like them now. Yep. Amen. I learned that lesson probably three or four years ago that, yeah, there's too much good stuff to read that, yeah, I may have wasted, you know, a couple of days worth, but... I'll just procrastinate reading because I don't want to read it. So, mm-hmm. I but I about was, oh good oh I I was devastated to learn that lesson because it was um, one of my favorite books is Catch Twenty Two um, by Joseph Heller and it was another Joseph Heller book that I read that I just couldn't get through at all and I was like you know what despite one of my favorite books being by this guy yeah let it go done yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at right now, I'm pulling up, I did do a ton of Audible, partially because I have a lot of grass to mow now. <laughs> so I listened to a lot of audiobooks doing that. Um, and see, I can't, I don't know about you, I can't, so I can listen to audiobooks doing that. Um, I can listen to them during yard work, and I, I listen to them while driving, I can't listen to books doing virtually anything else. I can do it sort of on the treadmill. It depends on the book. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I really like to drive, and I just kind of always have an audio book for that purpose. Um, but I have a hard time concentrating on them otherwise. Yeah, I'm... I'm mostly the same. Like, I drive to work and listen to them. I do lawn work and listen to them. Sometimes, like, I had 
four days of running our CNC lathe recently mm-hmm. where I would feed it metal, press a button, wait 18 minutes. Oh, okay. And do it again. Now, there are some times where I could do things in that 18 minutes, but 18 minutes is also not a huge chunk of time. No, but it's uh, plenty of time to listen to part of a book. So Yeah, so there were some times where I would just like walk around cleaning stuff mm-hmm. and have an audiobook on. Um, I just counted. So last year I did 25 audiobooks. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, random samples. One was Red Mars. Oh, I haven't read that yet. That's on my, certainly on my list to read. Uh, I read a bunch of biographies hmm. and autobiographies. Uh, oh. Chuck Yeager, John Glenn, uh, a bunch of Vietnam War vet biographies and autobiographies. Oh, are you that age already? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm getting into that. Um <laughs> Uh, well, now you make me go back and look at my biographies and autobiographies are my least favorite thing to read. I will virtually read anything else before I read one of those. Mm-hmm. But I did read Elon Musk's, which I know we talked about on here, the one by Ashley Vance, the old one, not the new one. Um, and then I read, this wasn't really an autobiography, but it sort of was. I read Arnold Schwarzenegger's book. He just wrote Be Useful, Seven Tools for Life, and he got eaten alive um, by a lot of press about this book, but I listened to it because he reads it, and I thought it was spectacular. <laughs> Interesting. There was a point in there, and this is actually, this has inspired my, my yes year. Um, <laughs> he talks about... People talking about needing self-care and needing sleep and how people say, you know, stuff like Arnold, you know, when do you sleep? And he goes, sleep is for babies. (laughs) (laughs) And it's been like my catchphrase ever since. I just finished it like a couple of weeks ago. I've just been walking around saying that. And I know all that is not true, but it was just, it was very shocking when I was listening to it that he said that. And it, but it makes me think, you know. I, in my own mind, am getting a little too obsessed with the whole saying no, setting boundaries, all that jazz. So, yeah, not this year. Yeah. Um, no, it's interesting because I've definitely got some some thoughts on how I'm restructuring some of my interaction with our customers this year to be not yes to everything, but also not please don't talk to me. Just let me do the work. Yes, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. Correct. And the only, so I guess two books, I, I read a lot of it. I read one on the Iridium Satellite Constellation. and um, But two books I particularly want to call out because they have nothing to do with work or self-improvement, but they were very enjoyable. Uh, one was Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir. Oh, mm-hmm. I haven't read that yet, but I really enjoy his books. It is every bit as enthralling as uh, the three-body problem. <gasps> really? Yeah. Like, it's it's fantastic. Um, and then the other one was Surely You Can't Be Serious. 
Mm, okay. By Zucker, Abrams, and Zucker. Mm-hmm. Which, if you know your film, know that those are the directors of the movie Airplane. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is a book about how they made the movie Airplane and how these three guys oh my gosh. from Madison suddenly found themselves directing a Hollywood movie. Oh, that's funny. And it was just have you rolling on the floor laughing. Oh, my gosh. Because they read it, and they actually get a lot of very famous people to that wrote little snippets for the book to come in and read their snippets. So, oh, that's awesome. Like <laughs> Drew Carey, Weird Al, like, the, like this huge list of comedians all reads their, their snippets. And then many of the actors that were in the movie that are still alive come on and read their sections as well. Oh, that's awesome. That's... Uh, so that was one that I would argue is better in audiobook form mm-hmm. because instead of just reading about uh, you know, a, a character in the movie, you get to hear the person that portrayed that character say it themselves. That's awesome. I felt that way about the Arnold book. I don't think I would have liked it nearly as much unless I had listened to that audiobook. So hmm. uh, okay. I did I did read the whole Hitchhiker's Guide. All five. Wow. All five of them. Yep. Yep. Just to get back into the swing of it. That's impressive. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I thought that one was uh, pretty, pretty important. Um, anyway. And I read the, okay. Ra- the Wager by David Gran. So I think you should, if you're into a, a war stuff this one's really cool it's not about war but it's about shipwreck and stuff in the 17 1800s it's a really excellent book the audiobook of it is also very good so looking at my last couple of audible purchases i appear to be going down the disaster then you should definitely listen to this. rabbit hole mm-hmm. yep <laughs> yeah this one uh, it just came out this year um and if that sounds familiar, David Grant's the guy who wrote um, Killers of the Flower Moon. But this one is, it was spectacular. I'm really obsessed with shipwrecks. That's my. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm terrified of shipwrecks. And so I read a lot about that. But that one was excellent that I think you would enjoy. Okay. I'm yeah. going to add that to the, uh, to the list. So, okay, okay what, uh, what's next for you? Okay. Um. So I'm going to wrap these two together. And, All right. And I want to recommit. I'm just going to say recommit, but it's more like your reading goal. I'm going to, like, keep keep it as a goal because it's kind of fallen during sabbatical time. It's fallen off of my radar of my three things a day. Okay. And, and that kind of goes along with um, my other part because I think I've lost a lot of focus and like ability to do a lot of work because of all the busy work that gets in the way. (laughs) And I think I'm really good at being busy at work, but maybe not delving into some stuff that I need to. Like I've lost my focus, which the sabbatical I think has probably done me really good to refocus me. And so I want to recommit to my three things a day in my paper planner. (laughs) And those three things coupled with the rest of the time or those three things are related to it doing, you know, two or three hours of focused 
uninterrupted work on a project a day. Okay. I like that. Yeah, because I think I've lost I've lost track of like large scale projects. I mean, I've always had students and they're working on them and all that, but you know, I've had I've had a couple of really cool ideas that we'll certainly flesh out here. And I want to get back into like part of my day being really focused work while also like looking at those smart goals, you know, measurable, achievable, all that jazz and keeping right. to that instead of having like a massive to-do list, I'm kind of trying to give up to-do lists because it just the stress of that to-do list looming. Um, and I'll, I'll clearly always have a to-do list, but to put things from that list concrete on every day and say, look, even if it's three little things, these are the three little things I'm going to do. And I'm going to spend a good chunk of my day that I try to plan out every day, focusing on like a, a project problem. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So I made a change probably the last quarter of this year. Okay. That's really similar. And it's been working out pretty well. So I used to use this system called the 135 system. Right. And I hadn't used that in a long time. Mm -hmm. But I was kind of the same way because we use a team to-do tool. Right. So it has to-dos for all of us on it. Mm -hmm. And everything that anybody thinks of that somebody else needs to do goes on it. It's like there are tasks on it that I probably won't get to this year right okay like that's okay that's what it's for is to capture everything so nothing gets forgotten uh so i started doing a similar thing where i re-implemented my 135 rule but i tweaked it so at the beginning of every day or the night before normally i've been kind of trying to plan it some the night before and then i tweak it in the morning yes Mm -hmm. i have i pick one thing that i'm going to that it will either take by necessity of the task or that I am going to block out 90 minutes or greater for. Okay. Three things that are 60 minutes or less and five things that are 15 minutes or less. Oh, this is interesting. Okay. So I'm doing it based on the time required to complete the task. So like I don't just spend five days in a row stuck into a project and let, the little stuff that has to happen to keep the wheels on the bus slide. Okay. But I'm, and I'm desperately like, so it's been real tempting some days to like draw on more boxes. Cause like, well, I need to do this too. I need to do this. Too. Like, no, like this is an achievable and you don't ever hit all of them every day. Sure. But like this is an achievable amount of time because if you add that up, it's four and a half, it's less than an eight-hour workday. Okay, that's a, the five things are how many minutes each? Fifteen minutes 15 each? Fifteen. Yeah. Or less. Yeah, so that's easily. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't just count for the eight-hour workday. Like, it includes, like, go to the gym. Ooh. So it's like, this is my day. <laughs> and okay. if I check all the boxes off, cool. Like, I can add more. And right. And then I get to feel really good about my day. <laughs> versus having them all on there to start with and not getting to them and feeling that guilt. Right, exactly. I mean, that's like five hours. So even if it were just all work things, 
you know? So right. now this is very interesting because this goes into a part of that book that we read that talks about blocking off times of your day and like sticking to that as much as you could, you know, try to plan your week and then each day assess where you can put away chunks of time for the big projects, but also building in little chunks of time for the little things that need to get done too. Hmm. Right. And, well, so, and the other thing I found that was really helpful is, like, I've got a job that I need to do this week that I know is going to take me about seven hours. So I'm not going to put it as my one big block for one day. I'm going to ah. divide it into chunks. So, like, in this case, it's like I need to write documentation for about 180 submodules of code. So okay. it's not going to be, you know, write documentation for code. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, well, I'm not done. But can I check it off? Like, no, it's going to be write 50 submodules worth of documentation. Yes. Like, mm -hmm. That's today's task. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And when I get that 50 done, I can check the box off. And guess what? I can go on to the other things or. You can write 50 more. I can decide to stick into it. Mm -hmm. Either yes. one. 90 minutes. Okay, so that's interesting. Yeah. Those are and, and it's 90 or more. Right. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So like that other book, it talks about you should build in that hour and a half to two hours, but leave the stuff after that a little bit squishy in case you are right. like on a roll. So you want to keep going. Um, I think that's good. And I think I need that granularity. I think I was not granular enough with my three things. And so there, right before my sabbatical, it started to really kind of fall apart. Like just wasn't happening because they weren't, they weren't smart goals. They weren't measurable, achievable, you know, in the time allotted. So. Right. Like if your three things on your list are solve world hunger, finish nuclear <laughs> fusion demonstration, exactly. and run to the grocery store, like you're not going to get them done. Yeah, exactly. Even something like clean lab. I mean, that was so, even that needs to have a little bit more granularity to it really. Um, yeah. So like clean this bench. It, right. Clean out these samples. Yes, exactly. And so I think I want to try to really recommit to that. Um, I'm teaching four days a week, which is weird for me. Usually I'm really loaded up for two days. Um, so it'll be a little bit more of a challenge, but it also means like I'll be present a lot longer um, during the days. I think this will be really interesting, this one, three, five. I may try to co-opt that for myself. Yeah. I mean, I'm still playing with it, but because like the, the thing I stole it from introduced the 135 idea, but they didn't have any time limits on it. Oh, okay. And I found out that I would start shoving big tasks into the Ooh. five slots. <laughs> because I was like, but I need to get these done. Like, oh, this all needs to get done today. It's like, nope, nope. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's good. Okay. Um, and I'm, so I'm actually going to say that that, one of last year's was systemize, delegate, react. I wrote that down on my resolutions thing from last year because I liked it so much. <laughs> and I'm I'm going to say success. Okay. 
because of things like that, though that's a relatively end of the year thing. But like we did greatly systematize the way things ran at our shop. Uh, I've done a lot more delegation. We've actually hired somebody else that's doing a lot of the uh, administration tasks for the business now. That's awesome. Which delegating that all away was, uh, it was very relieving, but it also was, was incredibly stressful. Terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and then I... <laughs> React was like, you know, React properly to mm-hmm. inquiries. Right. Like if, if somebody's calling, yelling, screaming, like, don't just say, ah, no. Like, call me back when you calm down. Like, try to work with them and... Uh, better customer service maybe but it's not just customers it's also personal like right just be better at handling situations mm-hmm. um and yeah. that was mostly successful uh, i want to keep keep going with that this year and kind of in your vein of saying yes to things mine is don't say like well that's not really you know something we do personally or professionally, unless it's, it's not like. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of, um, that's interesting. Cause when you just said that reacting to things, I, my definite like vice is procrastination to the point of like, it's gotten pretty bad and it, it's just, yeah. Say yes to what you can say no to what, you truly, truly can't, but don't let it be just because you're like, oh, but I just want to sit here and watch Netflix, which I don't do, by the way, but you know what I mean. <laughs> like, don't let oh, that, yeah, no. yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't let that be the reason you're not saying yes, you know, so. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's weird. Okay. We'll see if, uh, see if my, my last one also lines up with yours. This is the big one. Hope you're ready. <laughs> Okay, I'm waiting. I'm giving up my bullet journal. Whoa. (laughs) Okay. That's probably not even really that big now. I just made it sound too exciting. But as we've talked about for numerous hours on this show, I was a big fan of the bullet journal. But I'm afraid that I've gotten so wrapped up in the minutiae of the bullet journal <laughs> and the to-do list and the tracking. Cause one of my resolutions last year was to adopt a habit to nurture per month, like a mix of professional and personal. And it got to be too much tracking. It didn't last. I got overwhelmed with all of the tracking, the tracking of the to-do list, the tracking of the habit tracker, all the stuff that goes in the bullet journal, the tracking of, you know, this belongs on my daily to-do list versus my someday list and all this jazz that, yeah, I think I'm just going to use this journal as to take notes at meetings. Maybe. I don't know. I've been doing a lot of that digitally. And, uh, yeah, I might not even carry it around. (laughs) Wow. I haven't told it that it's sitting right here. I'm looking at it very guiltily. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But I think like I was just, that was like a mental load of stuff that was getting in my way of truly doing things. Okay. 
And I haven't, like, fleshed it out exactly how that will look because, as you know, I'm a big fan of the bullet journal. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> but I just... In fact, I think that was, like, a favorite thing a couple years ago. Correct. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know, like, what is too much data? You know what I mean? Like, what is too much tracking? Like, it just felt like a lot of superfluous things were being written and tracked and all that jazz. Right. And I don't know if it helped or not, but I'm afraid maybe it's hurting in so far as it's taking up too much of my time. Right. So, yeah, I don't, and I don't even have those fancy like bullet journal spreads. Like I do some that are kind of cool, but not even like super fancy ones, but I just feel like even that was taking up too much time. And I've actually, gosh, I hate to even talk to you about this. I've actually moved a lot of my like note taking and all that stuff. It's all digital now. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was one of your goals last year. (laughs) (laughs) It was. Was to streamline your digital (laughs) workflow. And like, it's, I will say this was the most successful when I went to the Geological Society of America meeting. It was the most successful way that I've done it. And I think I've, I've gotten it down. What I need to work on is archiving the digital notes into a spot where I can, like, where would I go looking for them, you know, without having 900 folders. Um, that I need to work on a little bit, but I actually think I've got a lot of that down too. So, yeah. Right. I'm not giving up the paper planner, but <laughs> I think the bullet journal may be something that like lives in my desk. So like, okay. it's like the master to-do list, you know, that I can just look at to pick my three things a day off of, but then that's it. Like, it's not something I carry around or use like that anymore. Right. Oh, I don't, I feel awful about that. Just feels weird. I feel weird about that resolution. <laughs> just like the bad books that let it go. Yeah. That's, oh, okay. You're right. I'm ready. <laughs> so I used to do, and I didn't do it this last year, which I didn't, or last two years. And I haven't liked that. I've missed it. I used to print out like a goal chart. Okay. And hang it on the wall. And it would have like, you know, read X number of books. And it would have a space for you to write each of the books. Like do whatever thing, you know, once every week. or Like it would have those kind of, or publish three papers this year. And they have three boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I missed that. And it's the tracking that you're talking about, except a much lighter version of what the bullet journal wants you to do. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um. And I've been using my iPad a ton for note-taking because January of 23, I went and did some installs. And for some reason, it never dawned on me how amazing it was during an install. Instead of just taking a picture of like how something was wired mm-hmm. and leaving it on my phone for years. Mm-hmm. To like take the picture, drop it into a notes app, write on it what I'm looking at, what it is, yes. all that. Absolutely. And then put that in the record for that customer. Yeah. So that they can be wowed when in three <laughs> years they call and say, a blue wire <laughs> fell off of this connector. Where does it go? And I can go, oh, right here and send them a picture. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Um, 
so anyway, all that to say, I have made a goal tracker notebook on my iPad that I like it more than the printed goal tracker because those felt a little holy in that I had to design it. I had to go to Kinko's and get it printed. And like, if you want to change, if in the middle of the year, again, like with books that don't work, like in the middle of the mm-hmm. year, you're like, this, this isn't working for me. Like your only option is to take a Sharpie and like cross that <laughs> section out or change it. And, and then you got to look at it the whole rest of the time. Yeah. So now I can change it because it's, and that's not saying like, oh, I'm not, I, I just don't want to do this anymore. But some things again, just don't work. Right. Mm, okay. I like it. They so also they that, also talk about that in that book that you didn't like and I like, but that's okay. We'll get to yeah. that. <laughs> like I said, there were nuggets in it. There were nuggets. <laughs> oh, that's there were also times that I got home and came out of the truck <laughs> and into the house and was ranting about what a crazy person I thought this author was. So. <laughs> oh, so good. <clears throat> um, and so my last one is I've had different, like, I think last year mine was to do more meal prep for lunches mm-hmm. and eat fewer carbs. I don't know that I did better on the fewer carbs, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I just I don't know that I did that much better on it. Uh, I did do decent at taking meals to work. Oh, that's good. I try to limit myself to one day a week eating lunch out. And most weeks that works. There have been some weeks, like the week before I traveled most recently, where I ate lunch out every day because... Well, yeah. Yeah, life was crazy. (laughs) Right, exactly. It probably helps that your new shop is less in the middle of everything, too. Yeah, it's not a two-minute drive to go get something. It is a 15-minute drive to go get something. Right, so that... So the connected one this year is to do some physical activity of at least 30 minutes three times a week. Okay. So we, my wife and I have been doing pretty, well, she's been doing a lot better than I have. (laughs) Uh, Let's see, since not this, this year's workshop, but last year's workshop, when that happened, I quit going to the gym and just didn't Mm -hmm. for like a year. Right. (laughs) And so I'm not going to say like get into the gym three days a week. In the winter, that's probably what it's going to amount to because it's cold outside. <laughs> um, but it doesn't have to, and I'm not going to let work count. Because, yeah, I mean, there are definitely days where at work I'm doing something very physical. Mm-hmm. But, you know, go for a walk, pull up a, an exercise thing and use some, use some free weights, yeah. Just something to get the heart rate up because I noticed we had last October a really bad go with what was most likely COVID. Right. And then I had another round later. Both of them were really bad. And I just like, I know I'm not in you know a picture of physical health and that's okay. I don't need to be a bodybuilder, but I do want to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And I have, like, it is a marked difference in my respiratory fitness after having COVID. Yeah. Yep. And I don't like it. Like, I want to get that back. Yep. I concur. 
I mean, not for you, for me. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I never before was like, oh, like, I'm, okay, if I ran somewhere, I'd be like, yeah, I'm, yeah, sure. I'm huffing and puffing pretty good, you know. <laughs> but never before was I, like, carrying metal from one machine to the other in the shop and been like, I'm out of breath. And you could notice, yeah, I had yeah. quite the, yeah, camp was really hard this year, comparatively, and it's because I had COVID pretty bad last year um, before camp. And so agreed. I think that is a thing I put on my, I wanted a personal fitness goal. That was not something that would make me feel bad about myself. Right. Okay. Like yeah. I didn't do this 18 times a week or whatever. And so I wrote fitness class, but that could be in person. Cause you know, we got a cheap gym here at OU, which I'm a member of, but hardly ever use. But it could be in person. It could be like a yoga class on YouTube. It could be any of a number of things, but like a structured class. And I'm just going to say once a week. Okay. I like it. Yeah. So I like the three times a week, not at work, you know. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. And well, one that I didn't write down as a goal, though I am going to try to do it. And I'm not sure how. I was researching it earlier this evening, actually. And I think my wife has been thinking along the same lines of learning, figuring out how to learn something new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you know, I, this year I got my instrument rating on my pilot's license. Like, that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work. And I really enjoyed it. And I definitely want to go ahead and get my commercial rating. But... That's continuing to improve a skill, which is important and good. Right. But so we actually independently started looking up, like, I was looking up, like, is there an accounting class I can take? <gasps> oh. Like, That's... I don't like it. No. At all. <laughs> but I need to know more of the tools available to me <laughs> for, like, looking at our business. Or... Like I started looking through the like adult education classes, you know, that cost forty to one hundred and fifty bucks. Right. And like there was one that was on like ammo reloading. It's like, hmm, like that could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I also looked online, which I've had great success in the past with things like Udemy. Okay. Where I just take, you know, they've got ten thousand courses or whatever, and you sign up and take them at your own pace. I don't know how I feel about that because they may be bigger experts than I'm going to find at a local night class. Maybe not, but they may be. But there's also no accountability. Right. Yeah, as seeing somebody face-to-face. and. Yeah, so I don't know. I haven't figured out exactly how I'm going to structure that one, so that's why I haven't put it in the list yet but oh, something that's cool something something learning something that i don't know anything about i love that i think that's really good i think that's going to be one of mine for next year i'm hoping that this year of yes will incorporate those kind of things for me we'll see though oh it would have to i yeah. would think so yeah because mm-hmm. you're Man. gonna say yes to some of this stuff you're gonna say yes to it and then go oh how do i do that now <laughs> exactly that's exactly what i want to happen so if anyone has anything weird, don't email us, but you know, <laughs> since our email doesn't work. 
<laughs> oh no, but we'll we'll give you the new one, so it's okay. Okay. All right, that's good. Well, this sounds good. I'm revved up. We'll see how long yeah. it lasts, but pretty revved up. I'm glad to be back at this again for sure. It's yeah. Been so too long. It has, uh, as evidenced by this, is a long show, and well, we're uh, we had a long talk beforehand, but <laughs> you know, I guess with that, it's time to go ahead and wrap it up, right? I mean, it's call it a day. Uh, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Wait, so don't we do something else here? <laughs> you know, I think sometimes, you know, I was like, should we not do it? Just because, you know, we haven't been on for a long time, but we could never, ever do that, right? But in the spirit of reconnecting, even though we haven't been that disconnected, but reconnecting with you guys, the audience, and, you know, resolving for new things and reconnecting with our love for science, I think this is a pretty great thing to talk about. Yeah, so it's time for everybody's favorite segment of the show. Fun Paper Friday. Yay! Uh, I... (laughs) You got some splaining to do. Dude. (laughs) I have not let my daughter have Barbies yet. Um, One thing, she's only six, and Barbie stuff is, as you know, (laughs) maybe you don't, Uh, it's so much... Why would I know? I know. It's so much tiny little things. Barbie has so many tiny little things, right? Um, and we're just now getting to where we take better care of our toys. So now that I open the floodgates, my family, my husband's family, my daughter now has seven Barbie dolls. Um, so I thought this was great. She went from zero to seven and a ton of accessories. But I'm not the only female scientist that thinks about Barbies because Catherine Clamor did for the BMJ Christmas edition, analysis of Barbie medical and science career dolls, descriptive quantitative study. (laughs) All right. So, yes, this is a paper about Barbies. (laughs) This has so many good sentences in it, and you have to pay attention and read the whole thing to get the sentences. Um, So I can only guess that Catherine Clammer has a niece, a cousin, a daughter herself, and thought, man, Barbie. (laughs) And I also just recently watched the Barbie movie. I was not going to watch it. I did. It was fantastic. Um, There's a lot of different Barbies, and they present a lot of different career options. But very importantly, do all these Barbies, specifically, because this is the BMJ, medical professional and laboratory scientist dolls, do they have the proper PPE? I mean, PPE is important. <laughs> That's we right. should be teaching them young. That's right, which is the whole point of this study. <laughs> As she says at the very end, which I loved, I have so many highlighted things from this paper, um, that, this <laughs> that this study um, asks questions that no scientist is probably thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Oh, it's really good. But it's very interesting, right? So she looked at both Barbies and non-Barbie dolls to that were identified as doctor, scientist, science educator, nurse, dentist, paramedic, 
oddly enough, MRI technician and engineer. Very specific. Very specific. <laughs> um, and she compared all these. And so there's a lot of great graphs, just, you know, how many of these were Barbies? How many of them were the comparison brand? Um, how many were female? How many were male? Overwhelmingly female. 85% for Barbie and over 50% for the other brands. Um, and then also looked at ethnicities, if you could tell. So that's really interesting. Uh, what was even more interesting is there's a group of non-human, non-Barbie branded scientist toys. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Um, and then no ethnic group, which were the Legos. <laughs> so right. human, but yellow. Um, and this was really interesting. What came out of it, right? And as maybe not surprising, my daughter got two Barbie vet sets, <laughs> is that not a lot of these Dr. Barbies or scientist Barbies have proper PPE, meaning if they have a lab coat, it doesn't go down to their wrists. <laughs> and numerous other violations. Yeah, the one that shocked me the most was how many of the Barbies wore high heels. <laughs> <laughs> like open toe high heels in what medical profession would your doctor be walking around in open toe high heels <laughs> uh the it's kind... not safe like most of the time you have to wear no slip stuff most oh. of the time you want to not have numb feet after the first hour of walking around around a hospital oh you just don't know how to walk in heels then john obviously um <laughs> sure yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> what did you... There was a quote about this right here, specifically about the heels. Heels also put Dr. Barbie and her comparison co-workers, Drs. Fulla and Dr. S and Steffi Love, at greater risk of injuring themselves and needing their own medical care. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh, we didn't like the heels at all. Um, <laughs> it said, by contrast, and if you've ever had Playmobil or these various Lego sets, this makes perfect sense. The female Lego, uh, Playmobil, and Beverly Hills Dolls collection doctor nurses wore more clinically appropriate footwear. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, super great. Um, there, there's lots of comment on the hair style, the hair being not tied back. Yes. And so what really was interesting to me in those stats about the hair not being tied back um, was that nearly all of the Lego female scientists' hairs were tied back and their lab coats were the appropriate length. <laughs> it was almost yeah, so like... I guess the Barbie was trying to make it more stylish or something? I guess. And they said in here, you could still do that. Your lab coat can be pink. It's just got to go down to your wrist. Right. Uh, so I thought that was really funny. Um, <laughs> there... <laughs> It was interesting, too, that they talked about the lack of um, specialization in the Dr. Barbies. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, like, that there's a lot of pediatrician Barbie dolls, but not a lot of very specific Barbies. Um, so that was interesting to me, because I wouldn't think there would be a lot of specific Barbies, right? But there is that other brand that has an MRI 
technician. <laughs> yeah, like you wouldn't think, you know, of phlebotomist Barbie. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, it's funny, though, because she addresses this, too. So some of the dolls were identified as pediatricians or even pediatric dentists because they had, they like came with kids or it said specifically that they were those things. Um, so it says all the child or baby dolls treated by medical professional Barbie dolls appear to be able-bodied indicated that said medical professional dolls did not treat complex illnesses or injuries. <laughs> That's a very interesting thing to think about. But then she goes on to talk about, this is really cool too, that the GI Joe brands <laughs> obviously have field doctors, right? And they were always garbed appropriately. They had a hundred percent PPE. Um, cause they were, you know, battlefield emergency medicine specialist or mercenary surgeons. <laughs> and she right. goes on to say, you know, that, well, wouldn't it be cool if there were specialists because these would help kids that have like specialized illnesses, um, better cope and be able to like role play with said Barbie dolls. So that was a really, I mean, like a really good non-funny point to come out of this right here. Yeah, for sure. Like, I think there's actually a lot of serious finding in it, as well as some good chances for humor. Yeah, there really is. Um, the very first chance for humor was, so she's from the University of Indiana, and says the laboratory and clinical safety guidelines um, were based on guidance released by Indiana University, a distinguished research university that all educational facilities should proudly model themselves after. <laughs> Oh, and then again, when she was talking about pediatric Barbies, um, she said, although guidelines may be overly stringent for a medical setting, numerous analyzed medical professional dolls were shown working with children, indicating that medical professional dolls should minimize skin and hair exposure to protect themselves from the grubby handed germ factories that they treat. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) So there were some really good, um, really good quips in here. (laughs) <laughs> making it perfect for the BMJ Christmas Journal, but also, you know, answering some very interesting, um, yeah, some very interesting points about Barbies in general. I think yeah, that it's also the only paper I think that has a citation to an eBay listing <laughs> that I've seen. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> I think the thing that sums it up the most, but that is buried in this is, Personal protective equipment may not be trendy, but no woman wants to be drop-dead gorgeous because of preventable causes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, no, this was a great, uh, a great find, as usual, when, when you go digging into BMJ. <laughs> yeah. It's you always super, come up with something good, and it doesn't get much, uh, much fresher than this. Yep, exactly. This was uh, December 2023 20, edition. So <laughs> Brand new paper. Oh, perfect. All right. Well, uh, as always, thanks for listening to us. And we're <laughs> we're really happy to be back with you. We do have, as I mentioned, a new way to contact us that hopefully the Google spam filters will better be able to send us your messages and weed out all the bots that somebody signed us up for <laughs> or that found us. And so our mail is don'tpanicgeocast at gmail.com. Okay. So change all your bookmarks. Show at don'tpanicgeocast.com is dead. You got that, Daryl? 
send in all your fun papers to right. don't <laughs> don't panic geocast at gmail.com. That's correct. Perfect. Okay. So with that, Shannon, <laughs> if folks want to get a hold of us. Ooh, I was trying to make you do it. Okay, so don't panic geocast at gmail.com. That's pretty good. I can do that one. Um <laughs> As always, we're on Twitter. Oh, no, we're on X. Sorry, it's been a while. <laughs> we're, we're on X now, yeah. That's right, um, at Don't Panic Geo. Um, and you can find us on Patreon if you remember that we exist. If your New Year's resolution is to listen to every back show and all the future ones, you can support us, patreon.com slash Don't Panic Geo. And we do have a pretty cool idea of what we're going to use. So the Patreon funds obviously help us send uh, mics out to people. They pay for the the podcast hosting and that sort of thing. Uh, But we also have a pretty good idea of how we're going to use some of the funds uh, to bring you a pretty cool series of shows that I would say is going to rival our planetary series. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, so stay tuned for that later this year. But until next week, remember, don't panic. It's not an exact science. Any opinions, findings, conclusions, or recommendations expressed are solely ours and do not necessarily reflect the views of our employers or funding agencies.